This is Shop Talk Radio, episode 92, with fashion designer icon Donna Karen. Welcome to Shop Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nick Onkin, and on this show, we bring you inspiring guests to dive underneath the hood of the creative entrepreneur lifestyle to take your creativity, business, and life to the next level. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of Shop Talk Radio. I am your host, Nick Onkin, and I have a very special guest today. She is an icon in the fashion industry, and her name is Donna Karen. If you don't know who she is, she is the creator of her brand, Donna Karen, and DKNY, two of the largest fashion brands in the world, and now her latest project, Urban Zen, a fashion brand that embodies holistic living. She graduated from Parsons, studied under Anne Klein. She has won multiple awards from the CFDA and is a straight-up rock star in the fashion world. She's been through many ups and downs in her life, including her mentor, Anne, and husband, Stephen Weiss, passing. Donna has recently released her new book, My Journey, and it's a candid memoir of her extraordinary life and spiritual journey and all the things that she's been through. We'll link that up in the show notes, but Donna is a wonderful human being, and I'm honored to have her on as part of the show Thanks to my friend Sonia and my friends over at the 8 app, a cool new platform that I'll tell you about in just a sec. In this episode, we learn about Donna's relationship with Parsons and her thoughts on the path of education in the fashion industry. We learn about her passion for philanthropy and giving back and so much more. So stay tuned also for the video release of this interview coming up soon. Now, my friend Sonia, who was Donna's partner at Urban Zen, is developing the 8 app now, a mobile media platform where users can build an audience and make money from their popular content or use it to support their favorite charity. It's pretty awesome. I will keep the description here pretty simple, and you can hop over to the show notes at shoptalkradio.com slash EP92 for an actual deeper explanation on how it works. And if you just want to go check it out, go to the8app.com and that's the number eight, or you can download it from the app store and we'll have my profile linked up here in the show notes so you can check that out and dive down the rabbit hole of my media empire. So with that, I bring to you the one, the only Donna Karen. Today on the show, we have the amazing Donna Karen. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Absolutely. So I just want to start out. I want to find out who's your your biggest influence growing up? Probably my mother and my father. Mm. And what about, what did they teach you? What was that? What was some of the things that influenced you? Well, they were both, I was born on 7th Avenue. Mm. So I guess it was part of my blood. Mm -hmm. Not that I wanted to be a fashion designer. I wanted to sing like Barbara Streisand mm. and dance like Martha Graham. And I swore I'd never be in fashion. Mm. But that is what I knew. Yeah. I wanted to be yeah. an illustrator, actually. I love drawing. So how did you transition into fashion? What, like, what's... Well, I went to, I did my first fashion show when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. And it was great because I love being in the art department. Yeah. As opposed to reading, writing, and arithmetic. Mm-hmm. wasn't my best subjects. As a matter of fact, I failed typing. 
Oh, no. So the computer kind of scares <laughs> me, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. All those buttons. Reminds me of failing typing. Yeah. What, so how did you transition into uh, into fashion? fashion? I went to a, uh, I went for a job interview at Women's Wear Daily, and they didn't love my illustrations. I was really upset about that. <laughs> they said, I really think you should go into fashion design. Mm. So I went to Parsons School of Design, and there I took, uh, after being at Parsons, I went for a summer job at Ann Klein. Mm. And she hired me immediately, and then she said, for the summer, mm-hmm. and then she said, why well, go back to school? You're now here, Yeah, which is what I did. Yeah. And I stayed there, and unfortunately, uh, she fired me nine months later. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I got my second job at Patty Capali. Mm. And I think I was about 19, 20 years old, yeah. and she took me off to Paris, Mm. and Saint-Tropez, and there I was, you know, kind of like in the realm of that world. And it was so over my head. Mm. You know, I said, I don't want to do this. I want to get married, have babies, stuff like that. Yeah, but you kept going. But then I went back to Anne Klein, and unfortunately, Anne died. Mm. I was having a baby, and Anne died the same day. Oh, man. Well, she didn't die the same day. She was in the hospital, and I was in the hospital giving birth, and we had a collection due. Yeah. So what did it you do? It was one of those <laughs> wild situations, and uh, I went home, and they said, well, when you know we have a collection due, you've got to come in. I said, well, I just had a baby. Do you know if I had a boy or a girl? By the way, I had a little girl. Yeah. And they said, well, you've got to look at the clothes. So I said, so they brought it to my house. And everybody came to my house. I was living out in Long Island at the time. And I thought they were all coming to see my baby. And a phone call came in that morning that I inclined just died. Oh, no. And I had a collection due the next day. It was wild. How did you handle it? So I was all of 25 at the time. And that was a pretty big shock to me. Because I was planning on staying home and being the mom. Mm. You know, I didn't want to be a working mother like my mother. Mm. But that's not what the universe had in, you know. <laughs> Yeah. And in store for me. So then I went to Ann Klein and I did the collection. It was a major success. And I hired a friend of mine, Louis Delolio. And we worked together as partners, you know, which allowed me to go home a little bit. But then all of a sudden I had this idea yeah. that I want to do this small little company. Uh, a small little company, seven easy pieces, basically a bodysuit, wrap and tie skirt jacket because I, I love tailoring for my father. And I was a yogi, so a lot of mm. everything I was doing was about movement and stretch and all of that kind of thing. Yeah. And it took off amazingly. So the next amazing. thing I knew, I was in business again. <laughs> <laughs> so you had a lot of ups See, now and you have to read my whole book. I know. Because it's all in here. <laughs> <laughs> the whole story. The whole story. The whole story. So now you've had a lot of ups and downs in your life. How have you, have you dealt with that? emotionally and, and what have you had to push through in your own mind? I've had a lot of death in my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, my husband died and was sitting here in his studio, uh, oh, which is now Urban Zen. These are some of my husband's sculptures. You can see that. That's- oh my God. <laughs> That's his shoe that he had done. And he has a camera and apple. He was brilliant. So this was his studio. 
and the horse is his and the stone is his, the artwork up there, the string paintings are all his. Yeah. And he was an artist, mm. but he, he said to me, one of us has to be out there because we can't deal with the art world and the fashion world. Yeah. We'd never see each other. So he said, why don't you just cake on the fashion world and I'll do my art. Yeah. I said, that's not fun. <laughs> you don't have to be responsible. But there's a huge apple on the river. That's my husband's. Mm. And he never showed his art until, unfortunately, after he passed away. Oh, wow. He died from lung cancer. And I had lost an enormous amount of people. Mm. And at that time, when the AIDS epidemic broke out, I realized, how do we really communicate about AIDS? And I said, you know, that's when dressing and addressing became very important to me. Mm -hmm. So I got all the designers together and we started Seventh on Sale. Oh, wow. And we sold our clothes and we made like $4 million in three days for AIDS. Oh, wow. That's amazing. And then another friend of mine had AIDS and she was a woman. She had a child who had AIDS mm. and there was no awareness of that. So we started Kids for Kids. Yeah. And children came and it was really kind of wonderful as a play kind of time. Then my girlfriend had ovarian cancer mm. and nobody knew about ovarian cancer at the time. So we started uh, Super Saturday okay. out in the Hamptons in the back of her house. We all emptied our closets and made money. And now we're 19 years old. Wow, that's amazing. And we do it every last Saturday of July. That's and great. And we made about four, and a, four to five million dollars every year from just from 12 o'clock to six o'clock. Oh, wow. On Saturday. That's a, that's it's kind a, of like, oh, my God, all the designers are <laughs> there, and it's just kind of crazy. But we have a place for the kids to play. Yeah. We have a big luncheon place, and it's really kind of fun. Wow. That's, so everybody kind of looks forward to Super Saturday. Absolutely. But then when I realized that I did not want to be about, you know, ovarian cancer or AIDS or anything, I wanted to create a community mm. of consciousness and change. Mm. And I had this vision yeah. of really dressing and addressing people, but creating a community where people come together yeah. who want to create change in healthcare, education, and culture. Mm. And Sonia at the time, who's with the aide, came out and she said, Donna, can I have the studio to have this holiness, the Dalai Lama here? Yeah. I said, what are you kidding? Absolutely. So she says, we're raising money for his holiness and noble Inca. And sure enough, Dalai Lama was sitting right outside there <laughs> and I got so to meet cool. him and it was amazing. He's amazing. And then the next event I had here was for healthcare. Mm. You know, where do we put the care in healthcare? Yeah. Because I realized that so many of my friends were dying in, in hospitals and they would take care of the disease, but nobody was taking care of the person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I would walk into the hospital and this woman was with me, um, Ruth Pontaventian, she was from Brazil and yeah. she had all these oils and, you know, just walked through the hospital and everybody go, what's that? I love that. I want that. So she took care of my husband and I realized, what does everybody else do? Yeah. So we started the Urban Zen Integrative Therapist Program oh, wow. where we train yoga teachers. We had a 10 day forum on healthcare here at Urban Zen. No way. That sounds amazing. And we had doctors, nurses, yogis, kind of everybody getting together each day. And out of that came the Urban Zen Integrative Therapist Program. Oh, wow. And now that program has grown enormously under the direction of 
leadership of Rodney Yee mm-hmm. and Colleen Sademan. And they're my yoga teachers who are brilliant. And we use the Young Living Oils, mm-hmm. which are fantastic aromatherapy. We work with Reiki. And so we teach Reiki, in-bed yoga, aromatherapy, nutrition, and mm-hmm. palliative care. Oh, wow. So it's a training that goes on for about what is it, 500 hours. Then they have to play clinical rotation in a hospital. Mm. And from there, they can go into hospitals and they can go into care centers and things like that. That's so cool. Now, what practices do you have, you know, holistic practices? Do you have like a morning routine? Do they, what kinds of things do you do well, for yourself? Well, uh, I started yoga when I was 19 years old. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I, you know, nobody was talking about yoga. And that's how the bodysuit all happened. Yeah. Wrap and tie skirt because... I did yoga and they would used to say, oh, Donner and her woo-woos kind of thing. You know, it was at a very young age, believe me. Yeah. Many years before. Yeah. Now yoga is really hot. Yeah, it's everywhere. Even hot yoga. <laughs> <laughs> so what else do you do besides yoga? Uh, Pilates. Mm-hmm. Love the Pilates machine. Meditate. Mm-hmm. Kind of Love to go on um, yoga retreats. Yeah. Uh, I built spas, and every one of my yoga rooms has an Iyengar wall in it, mm-hmm. which I adore. Tell us about uh, what that is. Iyengar started this. So there was originally Ashtanga Yoga, and that's a routine of yoga mm-hmm. that you just continually learn and do, and I was doing that. And somebody came to me and, and showed me about Iyengar, which Iyengar Yoga... Um, you have tools to help support and align your body in the absolute proper position. Mm. It's a much more, not that you shouldn't be disciplined with Iyengar, but yeah. you kind of, with the Shtanga, but you kind of kind of roll through it and, you know, mm-hmm. go all there. And then all of a sudden at Iyengar, it's very, very structured. Mm-hmm. And Rodney taught Iyengar and, you know, a regular form of yoga. He doesn't really put a name to his yoga yet or has or will. And that's what I practice now. That's amazing. So what type of meditation do you practice? Well, I've gotten my mantra many, many years ago. <laughs> and then I went to a, uh, an ashram in India, Sadhguru. Yeah. Wonderful, wonderful meditation that he has. And it's a continuous and it's sort of yeah. body positioning. And you just feel incredible. Amazing. So what, 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 do you, what do you think the value is of meditation for anyone that would be listening who hasn't really tried it before? Find the calm and the chaos. <laughs> <laughs> but meditation, you know, for me, could be walking, mm-hmm. could be, you know, being still, breathing, being out in nature, you yeah. know, being with, just clearing your mind. Mm. You know, it's so hard to clear our minds, particularly in New York. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're going, 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 going. And I'm one of those people. Absolutely. You know, really heavy duty. <laughs> so I have to find the Zen. I, I think if I called my company Urban Chaos, it would be more appropriate. <laughs> As you know, you try to come and interview me and it's like, you know, okay, I got to go here. I got to go there. I got to go yeah. this. So I spend the morning, you know, kind of like it's my time to be with me. Mm-hmm. That's good. It's important to take time for yourself. Yep, I need it (laughs) every morning. Absolutely. How has it helped you in in your business, the business side of your life? I don't think I'm as reactive 
Mm. I don't think I'm more compassionate. Yeah. But I've always been that way. It certainly has affected my clothing. Yeah. You know, through my yoga practice, I love stretch. I love, you know, anything that's comfortable. Yeah. Yeah, you can that definitely see That takes me from day into evening, you know. Mm-hmm. I love artisanal things. Mm-hmm. You know, I love the preservation of culture, which is very, very important in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, it started on my passion for Bali. Ooh. And all my furniture here is made in Bali. It's beautiful. And I've been doing that for many, many years. And then everybody would say, I want that furniture. I want that furniture. <laughs> so I started selling it. And a percentage of everything that I sell goes to my foundation. So we've absolutely connected the dots between um, dressing and addressing. Yeah. So I work in, in countries. Right now, I'm very involved in Haiti. Oh, beautiful. And the woman who was running the studio here was Haitian. Yeah. And at that point when the disaster happened, they said, Donna, we have to do something for Haiti. And I said, where's Haiti? I didn't even know where it was. And I didn't believe in giving money. Mm. I'd rather give people a fishing rod. Yeah, You know, to earn their own money. So I said, where's the artisan area? And they said, Jacques Mel, quite a bouquet. And I thought of as you were just talking to the young lady before, Bali has been my inspiration. And the bamboo school John Hardy did, I thought, oh my God, they have such deforestations. Let's bring bamboo down there Mm -hmm. and build a bamboo school there. You know, where we can have healthcare, education, everything that I believe in. And then I saw there was all these artisans and they wanted to go online and sell all their product. And I'm going, oh my God, they're only (sighs) one person who does everything. So they needed to grow. So we've just opened a school Mm -hmm. called The Dot, Design Organizational Training. And we partnered with Parsons School of Design. And instead of having other designers come and experts in the field, it was was hard to get that other than myself. So we took graduates from Parsons and they go down there and they're in love. It's great. You know, it's really fantastic. So they're teaching them, teaching the locals how to basically Mm -hmm run mm-hmm. businesses and and, yeah. and, the and, and take it to the next dimension. Mm-hmm. We did these bracelets there, not one more, oh, cool. to end gun violence. Oh, wow. This necklace, this was made there. So is everything, it's, there's a cause behind it. There's a, there's a message. So there's a conscious it. consumerism. Yeah. You know, when you see this piece, yeah. you know, they're one of a kind. And I work with the artisans and I just adore it. These candlestick holders yeah. are there and you know, big chandeliers and just wonderful work. That's beautiful. And so you went to Parsons mm-hmm. and what's the the value of college, you know, for those of those who are going to be watching this, you know, kids getting into art and fashion and what do you believe the, the value in going to college is? The most important thing for me is either from high school or from, I, I prefer people not run into college after high school. Mm. I think they need to, um, you know, very much when in Israel they go into the army yeah. before they go out. I feel that young people today, A, need to see the world and give of themselves mm. like this young lady has just done. Absolutely. You know, seeing that children can't afford to go to, you know, school. And look at her. She's 15 years old <sighs> and is creating a business. Yeah. Which is fantastic. You know, I mean, I don't think she knew what I did. 
per se, but the whole concept of dressing and addressing, mm -hmm. I think conscious consumerism is really taking off. Yeah. And when I went to speak at Harvard, it was just amazing. I expected everybody to say to me, you know, how can I get a job designing? And they were all interested in how do I get out there to make a difference in the world? Mm, that's beautiful. So you were, you were just honored this week at Parsons. Mm -hmm. How did you feel about being honored for, for something, you know, in this space and then giving back the social good space from the college that you went to? Well, I've journeyed, you know, that's what my journey is about for so many years with Parsons that I didn't finish Parsons. Yeah. Then I became a critic at Parsons. Mm. All my designers that I have, I would not be who I am today had it not been for Parsons. Mm. So I've hired so many of the graduates at Parsons. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's been extraordinary. Oh, so seeing where they've evolved mm -hmm. is so amazing. Yeah, yeah. And, and to see it, to be able to help them, it seems sounds mm -hmm. like a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. How did you, when you left Parsons, how did you transition into the, the real world? Because I know that's a big question that a lot of young kids come with. Is like Well, that was that the transition. interesting part. I, I said I got uh, a summer job. Yeah. And then my boss at the summer job said, why don't you go back to school, stay here? So what I realized before visit in college to run off and start working, I didn't have that space of yeah. time, mm -hmm. you know, that I went from my grade school to college <laughs> to immediate working. Mm -hmm. And I went, oh, stop. I need some airtime. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you don't get that airtime mm -mm. usually when you're in school. Yeah. I mean, you could be exposed to it a little bit, but really to travel and see where is my heart? Where is my soul? Mm -hmm. Even though I knew I was going into design of some sort, but I learned so much more by going to Bali, to going to Africa, going into India. Yeah. You know, it became just a whole other world for me. Absolutely. Travel brings so much inspiration. Yeah, but... And, Okay, I was just at the American Indian Museum the other day where yeah. I, I spoke in, in Washington yesterday. Yeah. And the creativity of our ancestors are right here. And I said, oh, my God, you know, and my friend Russell James works on the Nomad Two World Project mm. uh, with the Seminole tribe, mm -hmm. with the Aborigines in Australia, and I've now brought him to Haiti. Yeah. And he brought some models down to Haiti. We shot a campaign down there. Oh, wow. Now Adriana Lima is down in Haiti working yeah. in the hospitals. So, you know, you really create a community yeah. of consciousness and change. Mm. So it's not about me. It's about the we. Yeah. Yeah. And it's growing. It's, it's amazing to see that the mindfulness that's expanding in today's culture. Now, there's so many problems that we're living with today, and we keep pointing and figure, you know, that it's all, you know, in the government's hands, but it's in our hands because it's affecting us. Yeah. So we have to be socially responsible. Yeah. What do you think it takes to help spread that, to, to flip that switch in other people's minds? Inspiration, mm -hmm. education. You know, that's why for me, bringing meditation and bringing yoga and the spirit into Education is very important to me. Yeah. So I call it the past, the present, and the future. It is by supporting the cultures of the past yeah. into the present, which is healthcare, which in the future is education, mm. all of mind, body, and spirit. 
Yeah. And, and that's what Urban Zen is really about. So how much day to day do you have involved with Urban Zen? Is that you spend most of your time? My life now. Okay. I've just walked away from Donna Karen and yeah. DKY. Mm -hmm. And that was a very difficult decision yeah. because I knew I was always wanting to do it because I couldn't do all three. Yeah. And I felt Urban Zen as my child needed more of my attention. Mm. And it was, it was a pull for me. Mm -hmm. You know, I kept on wanting to travel a lot more than I could yeah. because of the disciplines that I had on the collections. Urban Zen as a ready-to-wear company was taking off. Mm -hmm. Again, I needed more time. Yeah. So how do you see technology changing the fashion world? Um, there's so many, so many new platforms and different things. I, it is extraordinary. I have my pros and cons on it. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. Tell me more. I am not in favor of putting the clothes out if on a fashion perspective mm -hmm. to the consumer when it's not in season. Mm. I think the consumer is getting extremely confused yeah. by yeah. seeing a fall collection in February that she's not going to get until September. Mm -hmm. And then in September, she's seeing a spring collection that she's not going to get till April. Yeah. So the whole calendar for me, and that's why I started Urban Zen as well, because yeah. I do it in season. Mm, got it. I don't show in advance. I show when the clothes are in the store and when I, I keep the clothes in season. Yeah. So so many of uh, fashion right now is they put resort into the stores mm -hmm. in October when it hasn't even turned winter yet. So I believe in the retail has to be within season. Mm. So I, I've been a major advocate of this for many, many years. Oh, great. So how do you think uh, platforms like eight can help you as with Urban Zen and, and, and the fashion? Well, world? for me, I show it in season. Mm -hmm. So I'm directly talking to the consumer. Yeah. And I think that's important. But I don't think it's either or, mm -hmm. it's and, because the feel and touch is not there. Yeah. You know, you can buy the clothes, but you don't know how it feels, yeah. if it fits, or anything else. There are certain things you can buy on online, yeah. which I think makes sense mm -hmm. for all of us because time is a precious thing. Absolutely. But I also think that there's a lot to be said. Mm -hmm. And you can learn more about that person and what they do. Mm. Yeah, as yeah. opposed to just that one little thing you do. Like, what are they really feeling? What yeah. are they saying? Mm -hmm. Join the community. Mm -hmm. Inspire people. Absolutely. So that is what I see the communication world coming to. Yeah. Is inspiration and pulling us together and really, like, how can I help? How can I help? What can I do? Yeah. I love as that. As an inspirational, you know, aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Get the whole story. And knowledge. You know, finding out, yeah, look how many people, you know, learn about government and what people have to say. And you're talking directly to mm -hmm. the person. Yeah. And you get that. Do you, I want to know everything? No, I think it's a little bit intense. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so sitting on, oh my God. There. Yeah, there is. It was too much. Too much information. But our younger people, they multitask. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, my granddaughter is so much better. She's going to be 12 years old on the computer than I am. I give her my phone all the time. How do I do this? How do I do that? How do I do that? You know, it's a generational gap, I think. Yeah, yeah. You're, you have your own little tech um, specialist. No, I need them. I'm hiring much younger people now. Yeah. Do you do I can other... take them right out of, I hate to say kindergarten is practically where you can take them. <laughs> my grandchildren sit in front of the computer. They know everything. They are so smart. Yeah. You know, their whole mind goes through a little bit and where we're going, you know, it's something that I don't understand. I, it's, it's beyond. It's beyond. It is. Yeah. I feel like there's so much curation that has to happen now because there's so much. But I don't want to lose the connection with the person. Yeah. You know, I don't think it's an either or, but an and. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're losing talking to each other. Mm-hmm. I could talk to you on that, but you're not going to really know me. Yeah. You know, what you see on a, you know, a screen might be an inspiration, yeah. but it's not the feel and touch. Absolutely. There's such a different connection point that happens. Yeah. Well, one last question I'd love to ask all my guests is what does the phrase live inspiration mean to you? Live inspiration? Mm-hmm. To be able to act upon what you're inspired by. Ooh. Is like because that. when I had a vision. Mm-hmm. I had a vision about Urban Zen. It came to me like a lightning rod, you know, and it was like I saw it all. And I haven't really been able to manifest it all yet, Mm -hmm. but it's something that I saw 15 years ago. Ooh. And And it was so strong that it still inspires me. Beautiful. That's beautiful. Well, where can people follow you online on the, on the social media world and keep in touch with what you're doing? Okay. Uh, <laughs> I have uh, Donna Karen the Woman on Instagram. Okay. I haven't grown into Facebook yet. <laughs> Urban Zen has their own, uh, their platform. Yeah. I started Instagram because it's very personal to me. But then there's the Urban Zen platform that has both philanthropy and commerce in our website. Mm. So it really does tell the story, is the film, and everything around what we do and the purpose of why we do it. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, pick up Donna's book for to, to dive into her journey and the, and the whole story. Well, you see the past and probably a little bit of the future, but it's very much about the past except for the last chapter. Mm which is the present. Mm. The present is the place to be. It was a wonderful thing to be able to reflect on my life before I forgot about it. (laughs) (laughs) And that was happening really quickly. Yeah, life flies by Mm -hmm. so fast. Well, thank you so much for- Thank you, it was a pleasure. Thank you guys so much for checking out today's episode of Shop Talk Radio with Donna Karen. I'm your host, Nick Onkin. And if you enjoyed today's episode, got something out of it, or were inspired, I would love it if you could help us out by leaving us a good review over on iTunes and sharing it on social, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We'd also love to see where you're listening to the episode. So tag me at Nick Onkin, hashtag Shop Talk Radio on Instagram. And also stay tuned for the video version of this interview coming out soon. 
So with that, go out, create your life from creating the smallest of moments, and we'll see you next time. Bye.